0: This is hitting the mark. Conversations with founders
1: and investors about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success, with your host, brand strategist and author Fabian Garhalter. Brand is so much more than just like how cool your website looks and your logo looks. Brand is everything that the customer feels when interacting with you and it's how and that just boils down to trust i'm not scared that we are in a red ocean industry of t-shirts it doesn't scare me soon we're going to have a hundred thousand customers that you know the large majority of them they just trust us like they they know the way that our shirt fits they know that we're very very radically focused on quality of the product and the experience that they have if there's any issues we'll deal with them we make sure to ship as fast as we possibly can they know what the product quality they're getting they don't need to look elsewhere
0: this was Den demsky co-founder of unbound merino a merino wool clothing brand that is high performance yet stylish if you launch a t-shirt brand in this day and age and you find a way to stand out you bet i'll have you on my show and Dan's story is even more fascinating, since he came from a very similar background like mine. He was running a creative agency, but sought to pivot into offering an e-commerce product that allows for scaling instead. That was the goal, then the journey of finding an actual need to build the brand around started. In this fascinating conversation, we talk about the power of having a very narrow positioning at first, how surrounding yourself with friends that are ambitious is a key to success, and how the outrageous claim of being able to wear an unbound shirt for 18 days straight without washing it was the right brand move. Before we jump in, a quick reminder to please support the show so we can keep it advertising free. Head on over to patreon.com hittingthemark hitting the mark to learn about all the options of how I would give back to you when you support my show. But now here's Dan of Unbound Marino. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hey, how are you? Very good, very good. Good, good to have you here. Um, I love, I love your backstory. Um, I I listened to another podcast interview and and you know, mainly because it actually resembles my story a little bit as I grew my design agency organically to a point of, under parenthesis, great success, uh, at least to the outside world. But I myself just felt really stuck. So I flipped the switch and I started over. And it seems like you were doing something very similar with a, with a video production company. Tell, tell us a little bit about your journey and then your big epiphany to switch from the service industry to the product industry, which is always a very smart move
1: yeah well you know i i had a really really good experience and a good journey doing what i was doing but i never originally intended to start a company i was doing freelance video production with my my best friend and business partner and we started getting really busy and before we knew it we we had a company it wasn't like we thought let's start a company we were just doing little projects but we being so busy we started having to hire people to help and then our client roster grew and and then we had a small downtown studio in downtown Toronto and then a big office and then we had 20 employees and we're kind of like what happened how did this happen <laughs> like it just happened and it felt really good it was really cool and, and we were in our early 20s we felt we were so smart and so savvy um, you know we were we were we were dumb and young but we felt smart and savvy at the time totally and and uh the, it went it went on for years but you know somewhere along the way the business just it, it, it didn't call me like it once did it didn't excite me like it once did and a lot of the the realities of having a company and then the journey of entrepreneurship really sort of blew up in my face and you know i i, I love the journey i love the ups and i love the downs i, I love it all but I felt at one point, I'm just in the wrong place. Um, and, and and just for years, I was trying to think, well, is this what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life or am I gonna figure out something else? And, and what I realized is the people around me who had e-commerce product businesses, they had a different level of scalability to their companies. They had a different level of freedom. There's something different about what they were doing in their business model that just drew me. So I knew, I knew I need to cre- create a product business, and that product is going to be sold online. But that's as far as I was really able to wrap my head around where I wanted <laughs> to go. So that's not a lot of information to give yourself of what you want to do. It's not a. It's not an idea. That's just like I think I want to do. I want to have a business that has this sort of business model at a with, high level.
0: Which is really unusual then, right? Because usually people on my show, they're like, you know, like, uh, you know, I was sitting around and suddenly I'm like, I need to fix this. And that's how to, you know, or I had this huge passion and out of this passion suddenly grew a business, like with your first business, right? Um, yeah. and, and and so it's very unusual, but it also makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, I can, I can hundred percent relate to that, right? Where at some point you just look at uh, the lifestyle of other people around you and they're not working their butt off like you are, right? And, you know, they don't have payroll like you do, <laughs> And they don't they don't do like you know production work and you know which started with cool like design and strategy and and, mm-hmm. and suddenly it ends up you know just churning hours and, and payroll um but 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 really just thinking about okay how am I going to flip this around and what am I going to do next and so you must have gone through months or years of just thinking about what could that be
1: yeah yeah and, and first of all there's nothing wrong with a service business but what matters in a service business is that you have to be I think you have to be passionate about what the service is because when I was really into the video production, when we were into what we were doing, every day, the challenge, all the work we're putting in, it was exciting and fun. But once I lost the passion for it and it was no longer calling me, that's when I figured I needed to get out. So yeah, I, on a simple level, I was just thinking of the business model, but what I was started doing was I, I, we started ticking on a chalkboard or a whiteboard or on a piece of paper. Every couple of weeks we'd meet up and we would think what is a potential business idea that could be a product. And we would just throw ideas at the wall. And so many of them were terrible. They were just bad ideas. <laughs> um, but what we did that was right was we we just were thinking, I was framing my head around, we, we can do this. We can create a new business that's gonna be a product business. And that opened up the lens for me to look at the world and sort of, you know, even on an unconscious level, try to think, well, what is that thing going to be? And you do need that moment. Like you just said before, it's like a lot of entrepreneurs, they say, ah, I need to solve this problem where I have this thing I'm obsessed with. Um, and then that idea comes into fruition and they go and they chase after it yeah. and they make it happen. I didn't have that. But what I did have was the hunger to find that. And if you're not looking, you're not going to find it. So it wasn't until I had that moment where, you know, I have identified a problem. I identified the the moment where I'm like, I could create this product that I wish existed. Uh, Then it was like, click, boom, there it is. I'm going to go do it now. But it, it took... Years you said, did it take weeks, months, years? It took years. We were trying, we were tinkering with ideas for probably two to three years before we laid the groundwork to start moving forward on a specific idea. Some of them we sort of ideated with a little bit more, moved a little bit down the road, and thought this is a good idea, but maybe in not good timing. This one was a bad idea. We'd just go through them, but it took two, I'd say, two to three years until we moved forward and said this is the idea we want to go on. With.
0: And so when you say we uh what was it was it you and your significant other or you and a, and, a, and a potential business partner who, who was it
1: my two best friends oh that's we, great so uh, yeah because you know it's like I, I didn't we didn't have a business idea I know I, I found some strategic partners it was like me hanging out with my buddy so we'd go we'd sit we'd out a lunch like on a lunch break or or on a Friday night, and we'd have some beers, and we'd just throw some ideas at the wall. So it was kind of a social experience. We're just having <laughs> fun. <laughs> that's but it was, but the intent was like, let's figure out a product business because that's what we want. That's the life that we want to live. We want to create. A, we want to start a new business, but we want one that has the scalability of a product business. Let's just figure it out, and let's have beers and have fun while we're doing it.
0: Yeah, and it's really interesting because suddenly it's like two other people that need to be excited about the same idea, which is you know is double as hard, you know, tr- three times as hard. Suddenly, right, to actually find an idea where all three say, you know, what this this could be it, this is it. We all feel like this could be a great a great product.
1: Well, you know, this is the way I always look at it. You know, I feel like you can have friends who are just there for you, like you know, to support you emotionally, whatever. And then you could have friends that have utility and function in your life that are, you know, your they have skills that you could work with. And I don't look at that as a, a a negative or a sour way of looking at what a friendship could be. I think utility is a good thing. So I can go out for beers on a Friday night with any group of friends, but why not go out with the ones who kind of have that like zest for wanting to do things with you, to create things with you? So I, I you know, there's that that old adage. You're the average of the five people closest to you. Mm. That to me is the most important way to live your life. You know, if there are people that are close to you and they're not ambitious and they don't care to take more out of life, that doesn't mean they're bad people. They could be great people. But, you know, you can have people a little closer to you that do have that because if they do have that zest to want to do more in life, to build things, to create things, and those are the people that you spend your most of their time with, that becomes the bar in which you want to live your life. And that's just the people I surround myself with. Now, having said that, I'm very lucky because these are the people I grew up with. These are my lifelong best friends. We just happen to be this way. And maybe sometimes we all push each other. Maybe I'm the most ambitious one day and that makes them, you know, want to roll up their sleeves a little bit more. Um, but you know, in times when I'm not my most productive and I'm not my most ambitious, my one of my business partners, Andrew, for example, or Dima, they're they're firing at all cylinders and I feel, ah man, I gotta work harder. You know, I want to do better. So right. I work really hard to make sure that I'm surrounding myself with great people, and I ha- I'm lucky to have great people in my life. And once you have that, going out for beers on a Friday night is more than just, you know, telling inside jokes and and taking uh, whiskey shots and drinking beers. It becomes <laughs> like a pen and paper on the table, and you start to have like, you know, think of bigger ideas and 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 you start to create together and. That's a, it's still just going out for beers at the end of the day, but the results of it are a lot more palpable.
0: Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And the the actual idea was born though, I believe on, on, on your, on your honeymoon, right? Or when you were traveling with your, with your wife.
1: That's correct. I
0: discovered
1: Marina wool as a way to solve the problem for my previous trip with her, which was when we had way too much luggage, all of which was hers None of it which was was actually needed or worn. <laughs> and I had to haul the stuff up, you know, hills and for her because and it was very frustrating. And uh on our honeymoon, we decided to um to, to travel with just a carry-on. And the way to do that, I was I was googling how do you how do you travel overseas with just a carry-on? And I discovered merino wool on a Reddit post where this guy said I pack merino wool t-shirts because they're anti microbial antibacterial odor resistant now if you wear these multiple days in a row even if you sweat through them they'll never smell and they won't they'll be just as fresh as the first day you put it on i thought perfect i gotta find this merino wool and i went out looking for merino wool stuff but everything i found looked like activewear. as it was now merino wool we didn't invent this material it was already being used in you know stuff for you know outdoors you know sure, stuff you yeah. run a new trip with stuff you do you know run a, a triathlon for with stuff like that so and, and and because it was made for this purpose it really had that aesthetic so I bought some arena wool stuff and it performed as promised it performed brilliantly. But when I look back at the pictures uh, from the honeymoon, I'd be at a cocktail bar and I'd be wearing this t-shirt that had a little a reflective logo on it <laughs> and a cut that sort of seemed like a little bit more athletic where yeah. it didn't, I felt I'm like I look at a place and I remember feeling at a place and I thought, why can't I find more simple, stylish, timeless, classic type of, you know, I'm, I'm talking about a plain black V-neck t-shirt or crew neck t-shirt, but something that fits a, like, you know, a little bit nicer, that doesn't have those reflective embellishments, doesn't look like I'm supposed to be going out for a run. Right. Maybe so I'm going to put a nice pair of pants on and a watch and go out to a cocktail bar, and I feel like I, w- I wasn't the right place. And it was very hard to find. So after years of searching, I was like, aha, I want that product for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I can't find it. So maybe I should go create it. So I went to these two guys, and I said, this is the idea. This is what I think. And they were, we were all looking for something. And I, and I pitched them why it made sense. So my Andrew was the first person who we went and he got some merino wool clothing. He's like, wow, this is the best stuff ever. But he felt the same way about what was available. So we were set out to figure out, well, we had to figure out how to manufacture clothing. And let's do a crowdfunding campaign to see if the market actually is interested in this angle for merino clothing that we haven't, we haven't seen out there
0: that's 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 really great and so what you actually did is you you then took took the story and you kind of like changed it around a little bit um for your website where it talks about the three co-founders traveling together to see live bands and kind of like that's how the idea was born but you you did that spin on the story ever so slightly because you started to understand your target audience at that point right and you tried no to- no you know the the this is who we are i i have been seeing
1: i've been going to see this band fish with my two business partners since we were in high school um we have traveled all over the world and we don't come from money you know we were just hobbling together you know little ventures in order to be able to pay for all these adventures that yeah. would go on together and that's just who we are um the the idea was born out of of um the aha moment i had when traveling on the honeymoon but When I brought it to them, we were just thinking about how well this fits into like the way we live. Yeah, like we're not, and we're not really fashion people. We're not clothing. It's not about clothing. It's about living simply. You know, this this thinking translates far beyond the clothing. It's about having less things in your life, but better things. Totally, you know, having simple living, simply, and and it just so that's why it was so easy to get the enthusiasm of them because this was like I came up with this idea for my own traveling without them but i came to them and it's like it fits perfectly this fits perfectly who we are and that's what makes it so easy for the marketing side of things because this idea is so authentically us that all of the the talking points about the product and the brand it just falls into place naturally because this is us this is it's right, like right if, if if this brand existed before we created it we would just be customers
0: yeah yeah because the target audience is you right i mean it's your pain point it's how you like to travel and quite frankly i mean my life was very different 15 years ago when i didn't travel just with a carry-on and now all i do i mean europe for three weeks carry on it doesn't matter right like even yeah. skiing skiing vacation it doesn't matter it's all carry-on so um but it takes a lot to actually get to that epiphany and then it takes really good product um you know to to take with you so that it's very and it takes
1: preparation and thinking and then you know sure we, we just we just make a little part of that, a little simpler. Yeah. You know what we, and that was our whole thinking. When we, we said like, what products could we make that would reduce the largest amount of load in someone's backpack or carry on suitcase? Totally. So that was when we started with just t-shirts, underwear and socks, because we were thinking those are things that you need to bring lots and lots of. So what if you could bring less, how much packing is reduced?
0: In your IndieGoGo um, uh, video, um, you, t- you talked about wearing a single one of your shirts for I don't know, like a month in a row or something outrageous. Yeah, and, and my first, yeah, yeah. And my first thought is, wow, that's you know that's disgusting. I mean, no stink yeah. is great, but no washing is just gross. Um, so to me, that falls into the just because you can do it doesn't mean you should kind of category. But yeah. the underlying idea must have resonated with your presumably 20 to 40 year old male traveler type audience. I I mean I see people on Instagram talking about how they are wearing your shirt traveling through Thailand for 18 days straight without without washing it. So there there was there was that was the proof point, right? The idea that listen, that's that's how you can that doesn't mean you're gonna you're gonna actually wear it for 18 days like the guy in Thailand. So here's
1: here's 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 the thing. So do you want to to wear it 46 days in a row probably not can you (laughs) can you yes yeah and and the the whole thing that we were doing there and we we were we're making this campaign thinking people are going to say that's disgusting and but the truth is this it's just a sensational claim that's true like it can, it, it, we can, and, and I actually did it. I actually put this to the test. And if you watch our video in our original Indiegogo video, you'll see I worked out in this thing. I totally wear yeah. thing in saunas. I would make it sweaty as it could possibly be. And then I would just air it out. Now, when you put on a pair of jeans, if you walk out on a hot summer day, even if you sweat a little bit, You're not washing the jeans after everywhere. People wash their jeans for two reasons. One, they get them actually dirty, like they spill something on their jeans, or they get them muddy or something. Or two, they just feel it's about time. Like, you know, I haven't washed these jeans in a while. I am gonna wash them. Or maybe they want to, like, they've gotten a little baggy. They want to, you know, tighten them up a little bit so they fit a little more fitted or whatever, right? But people don't think it's gross to wear jeans multiple days in a row. Because the material is in the same way that merino wool is, it's not gonna smell and it's not gonna carry the bacteria. In fact, genes carry no more bacteria after multiple wears than they do of when they're brand new. So people are used to this and they're comfortable. But the paradigm shift of having that to your t-shirt is a lot for people to grasp because they think, well, you have sweaty armpits or what like they just have totally. yeah, 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 yeah. they're just conditioned to it. At one point, you get conditioned to realize that it doesn't – you just wash your shirts whenever you want. So the real thing is this. As you go on a trip with these shirts, and if you are staying in an Airbnb that has a laundry machine and you want to wash it, you've only worn it once or maybe worn it three times or four times, you wash it. Why not? You can totally wash it. But if you can't wash it, it's not going to smell, and it's not unsanitary. It's completely, completely unsanitary. Okay to wear, so we were sensationalizing by doing the whole thing for four to six days in a row because that's what made us stand out. So that was a complete marketing thing.
0: Totally, totally, but, and, and that's why I bring it. up. Is true. Yeah, and that's why I bring it up too because I mean, you you got around four hundred thousand dollars of crowdfunding with your campaign, and so if you do the math, that's like close to two thousand people, I guess, buying two hundred dollars worth of clothes from an unknown, unproven company, no reviews no actual product at the time right um that's that's amazing and and that's and that's how you did it right you you just knew that there's a very small target audience that is actually really large but but you know like it seems like a micro target audience of guys in the 20s 30s that like to 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 travel like to um travel really you know like lightly um and they're okay wearing a t-shirt or two for a good a good number of days and this is their solution
1: right and let me tell you something when we when we were creating this campaign, I had a few friends that have created crowdfunding campaigns before successfully. And then I contacted people who I didn't know who have done it and I've got, I have tr- got I did a lot of research to learn how do I do this? I really want this thing to work. It was very important to me because I told you I was unhappy with my other business. Yeah, And a lot of the advice i get is don't position this as a travel product because you're narrowing yourself so much like it could be so much bigger. But for whatever reason we decided to focus on that niche and i'm really really happy we did because when you look at crowdfunding campaigns what a lot of them really do is they're a very very uh direct problem solving product it solves a specific product and the the campaigns almost feel like infomercials in which they beat you over the head with totally what what is it that this product is doing that that is a benefit to you So for us, we narrowed our niche by making it a travel product so that we could specify all of the messaging around solving a problem for travel. So it's not, we didn't really focus as much and we did talk about how it doesn't smell. But really, if you watch the campaign, you look through what we're talking about the most, it's about all of the ways in which traveling gets better when you have a product like this. So you'll breeze through the the. The airport, you won't have to wait at the luggage carousel. You don't have any risk of your things getting lost. You're not going to look like a big tourist, like schlepping a huge, heavy suitcase through a you know a tourist area to be you know a target to you know scammers or people who are trying to sell you things. It's like you kind of just blend in and 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 you can focus on the experience and your vacations are better. So all of a sudden, anyone who's traveling they can now have the uh, an idea of this solution that can help them travel better. And that could be because they just care to have more of an experience-based travel style, or they could be older and they don't, they really like, it's a pain to have to, carry all this heavy luggage so it solves that problem but we really really focus on the travel thing specifically to narrow our messaging down so that all of our marketing and everything could be all about one thing and not trying to blanket everything and appeal to nobody
0: it is so smart on so many levels. And, and I mean, that is something that anyone can learn from that is that is launching any kind of company. Because A, you know, like first you start narrow, so you know exactly who to talk to and what to, what to say to them. And then you can always broaden up, broaden up over time, which you have, right? right? I mean, now now you go into women's, um, you know, clothes. Now you go into, you know, underwear, socks, right? I mean, it, it doesn't... Well, I'll tell you one thing that's changed
1: for us that we didn't, weren't expecting we never expected that the entire planet would stop traveling at once. Yeah. So let's talk tra-
0: about that a little bit.
1: <laughs> so our, so our, tr- so our travel messaging, which worked really well for us and we refined Facebook ads, our messaging um, over the course of about three years where we would ABC test ads. So we, so we would know that this word in capital letters would work better than if it wasn't it. Sure. All of this So refined for traveling and all of a sudden, none of it mattered anymore because so, so we had to go basically take all of our best performing ads. Our, 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 our holy grails of ads, yeah. were garbage, complete garbage. And we had to change everything from our website. It was no longer about travel. And we thought, you know what, one day we wanted to get to this point where we broadened outside of travel. Well, now that was our chance. <laughs> but we had no choice, you know? So we we slowly changed everything and we've brought out now travel is a, a a Point of our messaging, but it's not the entire messaging anymore and the we we can sit on the backs of you know tens of thousands of customers uh, Who and, and and who love our product who come back for more that they we've always known this it's like our the people who want to refine their traveling in the way that we were positioning it they're very conscious about how they're traveling. They're, 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 they tend to be intelligent people who are trying to get something different out of traveling. It's not just about photography and like outfits. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but they're looking more for the experience and, and, and tracking their travel to being more optimized. And we knew that when these people buy our product for travel, they were going to see the benefits that the, this clothing could have outside of travel. It can reduce the amount of stuff they have in general, the amount of closet space they need. Then it could be more environmental because they don't need to run their laundry machine as much. There's a million reasons why this is beneficial outside of traveling. So now we have the use cases for them, and customers are adapting to that. We could focus a little bit more of our energy on how this is there is a broader appeal. But I always felt very, very grateful that we decided early to focus just on travel. And I think there is a good lesson, as you said, in that, that it's like, it's easier to focus on one narrow thing and, and one narrow demographic of people, because then you don't, you know, it's like, you can really, really hone in on your messaging and really, really speak specifically to a certain group of people. Yeah, and from yeah. there they can, you can, and you just start to expand. The expansion becomes very natural.
0: Well, you know, I was, uh, I was, I was giving a speech uh, last year when there were still speeches. Um, you know, like in an actual conference room. Um, oh, I remember that. <laughs> It was actually a Vegas a Vegas speech, which was really exciting. And and one of one of the people uh, afterwards in the Q and A said, "Hey, um, you know, like, but if you if you niche so much into some into an audience, don't you run out of things to say? Don't you run out of content?" And I was like, "No, it's exactly the opposite. If you know your audience, you can go so deep into it because they just keep giving you content. They just keep telling you what they want, how they feel, what they like, um, and and you just keep going and going and going and go deeper and deeper and deeper. So it's 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 actually." the opposite right the more you niche something
1: like travel like travel. like there's a there's a million ways of traveling a million places to travel a million styles of travel travelers have so many interests and there's so and the and even in the marketing it's not just about the messaging and the content it could also be just about refining how you say the same thing like i told you sometimes it's just about do you want to yell things you want to write things in capital letters like this word that could be the difference but if you're focusing narrowly you can tinker with the smallest things and see what works better and it's just a much much better approach there's yeah it's you can go endlessly deep
0: well, and another thing that you said uh, prior and, you know, that, that that you're doing with your approach is is something that a lot of people, especially when they go with crowdfunding campaigns, they, they forget about this. It's the idea that it's not about the products, it's about the experience. And very often what, what 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 you do with a product on Indiegogo, you just go into the details because guess what? The product doesn't exist in that shape. So all you want to do is talk about the product. But what you do is you talk about the experience with the product, which is really what people buy into because they want to be used in your shoes and you just happen to wear this product that gets you to this you know enhanced experience um and that's something that you know you made it sound very easy you know like that's just how it is but but it's not i mean it takes a lot of it takes a lot of uh, thinking to actually end up there so um it does it takes
1: a lot of thinking but i'll tell you what the most important thing and i i i don't think it gets talked about as much as it should um it really has to do with timing. Like I, we did all the work. So let's just just go under the assumption that if you're gonna launch a new product, like you do all the work, you can't be lazy. Like I I, lo- I read everything I could find on how to launch a crowdfunding campaign. I worked really, really hard to make sure that the pro- like we went through so many different iterations of the prototypes to make sure the shirt fit the way we wanted and the quality was the way we wanted and it draped the way we wanted. Uh, We worked on our messaging, our photography, all of that stuff. So just assume that you did a great job and you left no stone left unturned on that. If I were to release this product today, it probably wouldn't work because the reason why I really think it did work is because I had that aha moment where, in like, no one's doing it this way. And people, when they think of merino, when they think of wool, they think, oh, is that going to be like a, a scarf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. or or scratchy, yeah, yeah, yeah. scratchy and bulky. Like it can't be a comfortable t-shirt. So for people who are involved in this world of you know activewear and outdoorswear that know merino wool, they already know and love it. But we're not going to speak to those people. They already have merino wool for their use case. We're going to speak to new people, people like me that just discovered that merino wool could be a super fine material that's a comfortable t-shirt. And we're going to speak to the urban traveler. It's not for the people who are with a the canoe. They're the people who are with a cocktail that are maybe doing a business meeting, you know, and they don't know this thing exists. So um, there was the whole timing element because I felt like no one is doing this the way I wanted. That was the single crux of why I thought this thing could work. It's like, we're not just another fish in a, see of companies doing this like we're like we're gonna do this our way and we're gonna speak about this our way and no one's doing it this way that was the exciting part to me
0: well and it's interesting you know because in 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 a way you are a little bit of an anti-brand right it's, it's super basic stuff um you yep. know and, and you're trying to have people actually buy less clothing in their lifetime so you actually want people to own less of course you want them to own your stuff but but on on the flip side your product could be seen as a commodity, right? I mean, we we know there's there's tons of T-shirts using the using the same fabric. Um, you know it's you know it's, it's basics. Um, you know in, in out, made out of a very specific material which is not ownable. So in a way, brand and and the story is really everything for you. I mean, from the get go. I mean, that is it.
1: Everything, the brand is everything, and our customers. For our customer, be and you know what it is. You know, if we're going to talk about you know brand is so much more than just like how cool your website looks and your logo looks brand is everything that the customer feels when interacting with you and it's how and that just boils down to trust I'm not scared that we are in a red ocean industry of t-shirts it doesn't scare me Mm -hmm. because we have you know soon we're going to have a hundred thousand customers that you know the large majority of them they just trust us like they they know the way that our shirt fits they know that we're very very radically focused on quality of the product and the experience that they have if there's any issues we'll deal with them we make sure to ship as fast as we possibly can they know the product quality they're getting. They don't need to look elsewhere. So other players can come in and they can undercut us. But it's like if you already, if we've take care of the problem that, or, or you know, the giving you the t-shirt that that works for you, that fits the way you want it, that it's it's performed as promised. We deliver it on time. Our customer service is good. You can trust the experience. We they have nowhere. They don't need to go elsewhere. Yeah. And these are people that are looking for simplicity. They're not looking, well, I'm going to go and find a way to save five bucks on the shirt. I'm going to go and find, like, it's like, it's I, I don't need to solve that problem. Like, I'll give you an example. You know, right now, we use Zendesk. Um, sure. Is how we handle our customer service in, inquiries for our business. And there's this other company that keeps contacting us saying that you should switch off zendesk i'm like there's i i I," and they're very persistent but I, i try to tell them as clearly as possible i'm like look i i admire your hustle and your sales efforts but you have zero chance you have zero chance of us switching off zendesk because zendesk is working as promised and the hassle of changing for me is not worth whatever it is that you're pitching like i it's cheaper has a little bit more fun like i don't need any more functionality this part of my business is working well, so Zendes as a brand owns me right now.
0: Right, right, because
1: it's I and that's the way our customers are. It's like they they we saw sol- we solve that problem for them. If they want their the best black t shirt, our black t shirt is the one that they buy. They don't need to go to Gap or H and M or find some other merino wool company that's springing up. And you know what? A lot of companies have sprung up after that have pretty much copy to what our messaging is I don't even it doesn't bother me at all like I'm just like I feel flattered and because ultimately all we need to focus on is make sure that we care so much about our product care so much about our brand experience and care so much about our marketing that's the brand because that's the way that people find out about us for the first time and then the way that they interact with us throughout the whole experience and then ultimately what matters the most is product And if that's what our brand is, the brand is what do we make, do they trust us and how do we make the customer feel when they interact with us and we focus all our energy on there and that's the most important thing we have,
0: and that most probably also safety over the last couple of months. Because I mean, with travel being gone suddenly, as you already said, um, it must have been a huge shock to the system, right? I mean, first you have to change the entire messaging; you have to really rethink that. But this is at a point where you know you already have—I um, I guess you said up to up to hundred thousand—you know, customers at this point. These people are repeat customers, and they make referrals. And then suddenly, it's a machine just keeps on working, even though travel is down. But it must have still impacted you, right?
1: Yes, yeah, I mean it did. It it did, but we it forced us to become more mature of a company, to be honest, because we grew kind of fast and not, you know, to be perfectly blunt, it kind of made us a little lazy. And 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 that was a big life lesson for us. Um we were growing like if we were growing without trying at at one point. Yeah. And and maybe after 10 years of entrepreneurship and going through ups and downs, I think I needed a I needed a breather. So I wasn't working as hard in the you know leading up to COVID, and that wasn't something that I consciously did. I just sort of in hindsight noticed I kind of like I, I let myself get a little bit more tired and lazy, and had a, and and <laughs> I had this great growing business and things were good, but then we got scared, man. When that when COVID came out came around and and the travel industry was grinded completely to a halt, our sales they declined like drastically in that yeah. first month and we were used to 100 growth like month over month so any month compared to the, f- the year before right right at least 100 growth and then in the first month our sales were down 50 wow we've never been we've never even just stayed the same yeah like, yeah yeah. Let alone yeah down, right yeah, yeah so so we thought oh my god like this is this is really really bad so we almost went into like the war room to figure out what are all the things we can be doing to get our revenue back up and everything we did were there were things that we could have been doing all along, but we weren't. Yeah. So we got, and I think that the the world sort of changed and a little bit of normalcy has crept back in since then. So I think organically things have gone back up, but we have done a lot more to get our business back to growth, back into growth mode. And that's where we are again. And the lesson I got from that was never, and this is not just about the fact that a pandemic can come and, and 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 dismantle everything you've worked so hard for like that's an extreme right yeah but what happened was the the little bit of success we had bred a little bit of laziness and all that laziness this is the lesson it was that all that laziness did to me was stop me from achieving what my own greatness was now, do I need to make more money? Like, it's not about money. It's not yeah. about, like, I need this company to grow. But why would I not want to continue to challenge myself to do the best I can, to grow in the best ways I can? And the the laziness I had, and I'm not that lazy. I'm still, like, you know, a productive <laughs> person. But by my own standards, like compared to who I've been when I started this company or when I started my first business or when I'm in my, my optimal hustle modes, it's like that's me challenging myself to be the greatest version of myself and to take take the most from life in this short period of time in which I'm so lucky to be alive. So it felt like being the little bits of laziness I had was denying myself of being who I my what my potential is. And that's the lesson at the core of what I learned. It's like, you know, it took a pandemic to scare me a little bit, but it's like never, ever get comfortable. Because mm-hmm. when you get comfortable, you get lazy. And if you get lazy, you just you just become mediocre. And I think I started to tiptoe towards that.
0: And I think I think on that on that note, um, it's also important that one doesn't have to go in a hundred ten percent all the time too, right? So I think um, you know consistent consistent laziness is one thing, <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know I think I think that uh, that the pandemic uh, teaches a lot of entrepreneurs that actually suddenly taking time out for a week or two and not being on hundred ten percent is actually quite healthy. But I know exactly what you're talking about, um, and I think it happens with a lot of us, right? When business is going really 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 well, um, even though we have to work hard, we work hard in processes we are used to. Everything is kind of going swimmingly. Um, but you know, but but then once things uh once things kind of slow down, we freak out. So instead of instead of using the time, you know, when things are great, to keep to keep R and D, to keep innovating, to keep thinking about processes and what the, you know, and 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 you know, looking at new new client options and strategic uh, positioning changes, whatever. So I think uh, I think it's a really really good lesson to learn. What is um, looking back what was uh what was one big um big brand fail where you felt like you launched this product or you were you you were doing the indiegogo campaign um and then the product was there like was there was there some point where you felt like holy smokes we totally went into the wrong direction with either this messaging or you know like a video or you know something that you do with the, the with the production or was there something where you just felt oh my god we totally screwed that up something that people can learn from
1: um mm, honestly i we you know the the failures feel some of them feel glaring to me all the time but they might be mine like you know sometimes i look at our 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 packaging or our, our product page and think oh my god this is such trash and then you know <laughs> i read I read a, a, a review coming in and saying like, this is the best packaging ever you know <laughs> i'm always harsh on myself so I, yeah. I, I don't even know where to begin um yeah I, but there I wasn't
0: that, one big thing where you were no, like you okay, no, totally.
1: i, I hate to bring up the exact same thing we just talked about but the big failure that i had was was not continuing and it's something that i, I I'll, I'll continue to to try to drill deep on but to get lazy is the failure because there were so many opportunities we could have grown a lot more and it's like you have to constantly like you i i always always live with the thinking that this you're lucky to be where you're at and it could all end soon yeah and and fight against the tide and i agree not at the expense of your health or the relationships you have with your loved ones or anything like that that could be a, a a real big detriment but um that that i think was the failure because i think we could have been so much further along and um it's all just the little moments of laziness we had which we're really, we're not there anymore right now, which is great.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And last last big question. Um, if you would if you would take the entire um, Unbound brand and you would distill it into one word, um, you know, maybe the experience or, or a feeling, you know, if you think about Everlane, you think about transparency. If you think about Coke, you know, they want you to believe happiness, right? Like what could be one word? I, I call it your brand DNA. What could be one word? that you could put to describe unbound unless it's unbound, which of course it shouldn't
1: be. (laughs) We have, we have three words, but I'll just, the first one is the one that I think encapsulates the most of who we are. And that's simplicity. Yeah. Simplicity, simplicity. And it's simplicity in the design. It's simplicity in what we, you know, in the market, which markets we choose to, you know, tackle, it's simplicity in um, travel. It's about reducing, you know, the, the the brand ethos. So what the our number one core value that we live by in our company is less but better, mm-hmm. and that's the way that we think about how to run our company strategically. It's how we think to live our lives. It's how we think of what our product line. That's why we don't have, you know, we don't follow any trends. You know, this is what clothing that's in style. We only focus on stuff that's timeless and classic, something that you could have worn. If you saw a picture of yourself wearing our T-shirt 15 years ago, that's going to look completely normal and good. And it looks good today, and it's going to look good in 15 years. We don't have seasonality. We don't have spring, summer, fall, winter lines. We just have our core products. And that's who we are. From the inside out, we're all
0: about simplicity and simplicity is what everyone aches for and simplicity is also the toughest thing to accomplish as a company as we see with all Fortune 100s and 500s struggling, you know, as they to innovate towards simplicity. Um, you know, someone who knows simplicity quite well is your pug who's been uh, lying next to you snoring away during the entire interview and I think yeah, we, hear we, heard, yeah, we, 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 we heard him or her so you got to at least give a little introduction.
1: Yeah, this is my pug, Walter. He's laying right next to me. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll be honest, sometimes I'll do a podcast interview or I'm on an important meeting, and he knows that he could get under my skin, so he'll jump on the ground and start barking and just ruining everything. So, (laughs) although you hear him snoring, this is uh, he was good, yeah, yeah, he's not distracting with barking. The reason he does that is because he 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 knows that what I'll do is I'll I'll stuff a little thing with peanut butter and he can eat it. And he's been conditioned to know, like, the more, (laughs) yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting better at like, I, and this sounds weird, but there's a tone in my voice when I get serious about something that he's able to identify. So I've tried to, so he's trained me to be more natural to who I am, not be so serious because if I'm serious, this is a serious podcast or a serious phone call or whatever, He's gonna he's gonna clue in and, and ruin it all. Walter, the, so mass, the, the mass mascot is, of
0: simplicity.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the snoring is is is. Uh, we should be lucky. That's all we got. <laughs> we
0: are. We are. Listen, um, as we come to a close here, um, where where can people learn more about Unbound? Uh, where shall they be heading? Any, you just type in
1: Unbound, Marino, Unbound, U-N-B-O-U-N-D Merino. Unbound U N B O U N D Merino's M E R I N O. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter if you google us whatever that's where you'll find us and the website of course unboundmarino.com.
0: of course of course thank you dan for for having been on the show really appreciate it um great insights um good luck with uh with with the next couple of months and years uh, of your company and i can't wait to, to try out uh, some of those shirts myself hopefully for a future um international travel at some point in my life until then i guess i take it camping
1: thank you so much. It was great to be on your show.
0: Absolutely, my pleasure. Take care. You too. Dan Dembski, from running a small creative agency to building a brand with 100,000 fans to date. Pretty remarkable. If you enjoyed the show, hit subscribe, please give the show a quick rating and do consider joining us at patreon.com slash hitting the mark it is a very special community that i feel blessed to be a part of and to be mentoring on monthly calls hitting the mark is produced by my consultancy Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations this episode was edited by everett barton and the hitting the mark theme music was written and produced by happiness one i will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark